This episode is sponsored by Podcorn, a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities. Podcasters of all sizes can browse opportunities for free right in the platform, and you can send your own pitches right within Podcorn. Some of you have heard me say that podcast ads will only continue to grow in 2021. So if you're curious to get started, visit witandwire.com slash podcorn to start browsing for free or find a link in the show notes. For the longest time, most podcasts use the same cookie cutter structure. With few exceptions, it was almost an unspoken rule that your podcast would release weekly, the same day every week with the same format and run for roughly an hour. And coming off the heels of radio, that kind of routine made perfect sense. A standard weekly podcast still works amazingly for many hosts, but in 2021, I've noticed more flexibility and creativity in episode length, structure, and release, and a lot of hosts are wondering if they can shake things up. Do you have to release every week? Do you have to do an hour-long episode? And do all episodes even need to look exactly the same? After last week's announcement that I'm switching Wit & Wire's podcast to an every-other-week release, I wanted to follow up with an even deeper dive into episode format. And this week, I'm here with a podcast host who's wondering about trying some mini-episodes to go along with her standard interviews. Brandy is the host of Four Animals for Earth, where she interviews creators and activists who offer simple, actionable takeaways that we can all do to make a difference. She's coming up on her one-year podcast anniversary in April, and when we spoke a few months ago, Brandy was thinking about trying a few new formats for her show. What's cool about today's episode, though, is that Brandy actually put a few of our lessons into action after we recorded. So at the end, I'll tell you exactly what Brandy tried so you can see an example for yourself. By the end, you'll learn why Brandy currently live streams her podcast episodes, why she was considering releasing shorter 10-minute mini-sodes to complement her standard interviews and if she gave it a go, the importance of repetition in messaging, and most of all, how to get in someone's ear in a very noisy world. Welcome to Wit & Wire, where we take you behind the scenes to learn how to start and scale a successful podcast that makes an impact. I'm your host, Melissa Guller, a podcast producer, host, and instructor on a mission to amplify and diversify voices in podcasting. No matter how new or seasoned you are as a host, I can't wait to help you find more listeners, expand your audience, build authentic connections, and hit the charts. Before we dive in, I want to give a quick listener shout out to a handful of really wonderful women in podcasting who recently left kind reviews for Wit & Wire. Stay tuned for more shout outs in upcoming episodes, since I know there are more of you. But for today, a huge thank you to Tara Jabari, the host of Who Was She? Kristen Seavey, the host of Murder She Told. Amy Boyle, the host of Speaking of Phenomenal, and Amanda Gorman, the host of Finding Your Village. I'm a teacher at heart, and I can't say enough about how much reviews brighten my day. So thank you, and if you want your own shout-out, visit witandwire.com podcast to leave a review, browse recent episodes you may have missed, and to check out all the podcasting courses and free downloads that we offer on Wit & Wire's website. Now on to today's guest. I'm so excited to be here with Brandy, the host of Four Animals for Earth. I love hearing Brandy talk about her show and her bigger vision to help more people do small things that make a big difference. And I'll let her introduce herself. So, Brandy, I'm so excited to welcome you to the podcast. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. 
so that we can introduce you a little bit more to our audience. Can you tell us your name and what your podcast is about? Sure. My name is Brandy, and I run Four Animals for Earth, which is a hub of simple ideas that anyone really can try in their daily lives to make a difference for animals and for the environment. And my podcast is also called Four Animals for Earth, and it's an extension of that. I interview creators and activists in all different corners of the world who are doing something that makes a difference. And I spend that time, you know, learning from them and my guests get to learn from them. And, you know, together we all are constantly just discovering new ways that we can try to make a difference. I love that. And speaking of new ways, I think a big theme of our conversation today is going to be around new ways that people could maybe consider what their actual podcast episodes look like. So can you tell us a little bit more about the format of your show, maybe to date, and then we can chat a little bit more about what you are thinking about for the future? So I launched the show in April, and from the beginning, it has been a video and audio podcast. And then I released once every two weeks, both formats. So I would release it as a video to YouTube and I would release it as an audio to my podcast platform. And then I was a little bit too buried. And so I spread it out and I started doing every three weeks. That honestly felt like it was too far apart. So I was kind of struggling to get traction. And I think also being a brand new show probably made that hard. And so in October, I did a bit of a format switch and I started recording everything live. So now when I do an interview, I live stream to YouTube and to Facebook. And I also get an audio recording that I then put onto the podcast, you know, two days later or so. And so I've been able to keep up with that weekly. And that's been really nice. And I finished up season two then as we went into the holidays. Then in season three, I am getting ready to start that here towards the end of January. And I've been brainstorming some different things around that that I still may want to change, even though season two was working on a weekly cadence. I'm still looking to reach a larger audience and provide something that is consistently helpful for people. I noticed you talked about trying weekly, bi-weekly, every three weeks. And I think it was really insightful where you mentioned three weeks is a long time to go between episodes, especially for a new podcast. I think there's almost this critical point of just having, I don't know, maybe it's around 10 to 15 episodes out there where it finally feels like you have maybe a catalog of episodes for people to tune into. And so if you are going three weeks between every episode, it would take a long time to hit that. But I do love that you tried different release schedules because I don't think there's necessarily a one size fits all solution. So I thought that was a great point. I agree. And, you know, at the time I thought, well, three weeks is what I can handle and kind of glad because it did lead me to learn, I guess, where I could cut out some of the work that I was doing and still, you know, be able to move forward weekly by getting rid of the stuff that wasn't really important. Do you have any examples of some of the stuff that you found wasn't important? Yeah. Um, well, for me, it was the video editing. So that took a long time. So I would record and then I would break my interview up into like three to five minute video snippets. So basically every question I asked and every answer from my guest, I would break that into a new video snippet to put onto YouTube. And so I think in theory, 
that was great um, because it's a smaller video and something easy for people to take in. But on the back end, it was a tremendous <laughs> amount of work. Um, so I, I kind of learned like, you know what, I wasn't getting traction really on YouTube by doing that. So it was kind of obvious, okay, it doesn't make sense to be spending so many hours per week editing video that's not really getting traction. So that that's one way. And that's what led me to then doing the live streams. What would you say are some of maybe the best parts about doing it that way? Because I have a feeling a lot of people listening might not be doing any kind of video right now. Yeah. uh, You know, what I'll say I love about it is, yeah, the efficiency of it. So it's almost kind of hard to put in words because it's more of a feeling. But I think when both I and my guest are on and we know that it is broadcasting live, there's maybe a bit more of a casual feeling to it or just a, we know this is out there, so it is what it is. And I think I am naturally wired as a perfectionist. And so it it really kind of just wipes that out and it doesn't give me the chance to say, okay, now I'm going to go back and I'm going to make this video as perfect as it can be. So that's something that I definitely am wanting to stick with. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling a lot of listeners will relate to the feeling of being a perfectionist. And I know at least for me, when I edit my own podcast, listening to yourself talk, I think it's so hard to not want to go in and almost like with tweezers, pick out the tiniest things. And you can spend so much time, I think, getting lost in editing that way. For sure. And and that feeling when the interview is over too, it is like a magnificent feeling to know that wow, this is done and my video is out there. You know, I still go back and do quick editing on the audio for the podcast side, but there really is such a huge weight that is lifted as soon as the interview is done versus the feeling of, okay, now I've got hours of work ahead of me. Makes total sense. Now we're about to get into some really exciting creative strategies for new episode formats in your new season, and in particular, new small ways that'll make a big impact and hopefully help you put out more content without spending a ton more time on said content. But first, here is a brief message from today's sponsor. Listeners often ask me where to find podcast sponsors, and historically, it's been kind of challenging to find sponsors willing to work with smaller or newer shows. But good news. Today's sponsor, Podcorn, is here to help. Podcorn is an online marketplace connecting hosts to sponsors, and there are different paid promo types, including host-read ads like this one, interview segments, and more. What I personally love about Podcorn is that you can browse sponsors right on their website, and many of them are new businesses and podcasts who are happy to work with newer shows, so there really is something for everyone. Within Podcorn's online marketplace, you can send pitches, send your own rates, communicate with brands, and get paid. You never give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn will support you at every step of the way. Visit witandwire.com podcorn to start browsing for free or find a link in the show notes. You've tried a few formats and release schedules so far, but I'm curious to hear more about what you're thinking for your upcoming episodes and what you might keep versus what you might change. So can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, so for... Season three, the only reason I'm thinking of doing something different is because I'm still kind of looking to break through and get traction and reach a larger audience. 
I think a lot of my listeners and a lot of people who follow Four Animals for Earth are similar to me, and it's really hard to find time to kind of bring this um, extra, it's almost like an extracurricular part of life into the mainstream of taking in content. It's hard for me as Four Animals for Earth to end up in the priority list for people. And so I've been brainstorming ways that I can do something that is quick, that uh, I guess is able to get into someone's ear, even though they're, you know, quickly running around and they only have five minutes here, 10 minutes here. And so I've debated, and I, I did try this in season two, I tried to divide my interviews into two different pieces. So the beginning of the interview would be a really quick 10-minute interview that was, you know, what do you do? Why do you do it? And what's one simple thing that everybody listening can try? And then we would launch into the rest of the interview. And um, that did help. You know, I did that so that listeners who really need that quick 10-minute interview had that option. And then people who really want to dive into um, the conversation in depth, they could stay on and listen to the whole average 40-minute interview. What I'm debating now, rather than trying to break my interview up like that, just doing a separate episode of just me doing a very quick, like five simple idea roundup around that topic. So if I'm talking about helping animal shelters, my companion episode would be five simple ways that you can help your local animal shelter. And so my thought is if I do that, I'm putting out a quick short episode for people who need the really fast, you know, I got to get in and get out. And then I have the longer in-depth episode for people who are really interested in that topic and want to dig in. I really love this idea. And actually, one of the trends that I see for podcasting this year in 2021 is that more people will start to vary the episodes that they release. So maybe in the past weekly or even biweekly episodes that were kind of the same length and kind of the same format and kind of released on the same day was, I would say, the standard, the gold standard. But a lot more podcasters are doing something similar to what you're suggesting, where maybe the regular episode, so for you, the 40-minute interview comes out on, say, a Wednesday. And then on Friday, there's this really bite-sized five-minute short episode. And some podcasts have the two relate to each other. Other podcasts just do kind of the main episode and then the bonus, and they don't have to necessarily be the same exact topic. But I really love what you were talking about. You said you want to get into somebody's ear. I think kind of this whole conversation really is how do I grab somebody's attention? And no matter what your podcast's topic is, getting somebody to listen to a full 40-minute episode the first time I think can be a little bit of a challenge. So I love this idea of shorter episodes. And for you, I think doing a little roundup that's something people love. I mean, think about how many blog posts people write, like the top five ways to do X or the top three reasons you should Y. I mean, th these are so popular and they're really easy to kind of binge onto. And I could see this working well for this like companion episode approach. Do you maybe have an example, maybe thinking into a guest that you interviewed for season two? So one episode, let's see, actually it turned into two episodes because it was a long interview, but I interviewed a woman who runs a wildlife rehabilitation center in Kentucky. 
through the interview, we actually brainstormed, I think, three different ideas that people could do to help animals anywhere that you live. And so a companion episode to that might be, you know, five different ways to help wildlife in your local area. And so my thought is, you know, one or two ideas would probably feed off of the interview. And then the other ones would be ones that I either know of or that I've researched and found. In a totally different realm, we talk a lot of times about fashion on my show and like sustainable or more ethically conscious fashion. So if I talk to, let's see, I had an episode about sustainable jewelry. And so a jewelry maker who lives in New York City, she came on and she taught me all about how she finds recycled metals to make her jewelry from and how she verifies that all the stones that are in her jewelry are ethically and environmentally consciously sourced. So a companion to that might be a list of five jewelry makers who are consciously focused and just a list of five shops. I think that's such a great idea for so many reasons. I mean, I think the first is that let's say you're doing this shorter roundup. You can remind people that if they want to hear the full story about maybe shop number one on your list, they can actually go back and listen to the previous episode. And that way, maybe if people are coming in and the short episode is the first one that they're hearing, then you're introducing them to the fact that you do have longer content as well. But then, like you said, you can bring in four other resources. And that's a great way to give back to businesses that you love. And maybe for another host tuning into our episode right now, maybe some of these are actually affiliate partners that we might have. And maybe you could earn a little bit of money by referring people to some of your favorite tools, businesses, or anything that you use day to day. But I think it's a really great idea. And I also just have to say that as somebody who lives in New York, I feel like this woman must have a lot of material <laughs> to work with with metal on the street. <laughs> That's really funny. I, you know, I actually do. Um, I love that idea. It never crossed my mind on the affiliate income piece, but that is a really good idea. Um, and another piece that has been getting me really excited about this is all of the cross-utilization I can do with the content. So it's really easy to see how I can hop on an Instagram live and share the five things. I can create, you know, Pinterest pins for it. It's an easy way to take the same topic for the week and create it pretty easily into a bunch of different pieces of content. So I've been getting pretty excited about that idea too. Even more excited now that you brought up the idea of making money with it. I'm like, hey, (laughs) that's even more exciting to cross-utilize the content. Yeah. Well, to expand on the idea a little bit more, let's say that you are featuring five different businesses and whether or not you're an affiliate partner, I think that's one opportunity. But even imagine, let's say you feature these five shops. What I would do if I were you after the episode goes live is I would email all of them and say, hey, I really love what you do. I actually featured you in this episode. No pressure to release it or anything, but we talked about, you know, insert your products or insert a quick line here about what they do and then just thank them and say, you know, we wish you all the best. And I think a lot of them would easily tweet about it, share it on Instagram. And I think that it would also be a good growth strategy. Yeah, you can see, you know, as you were describing that, it really does make sense. And I definitely find, you know, with everything that I do now, I do a lot of sharing what people are doing that I find that I love. And and even outside of the, you know, affiliate piece of it, I was thinking as you were talking, it just 
feels so amazing also to just give a shout out to people I know are working so hard and because, you know, I've been in the same boat, right? And it's hard to be heard out there. And so it feels, it always felt so amazing when people would give me a shout out. And I really love being in a position where I can give others a shout out to even that in and of itself just makes for a brighter day. You know, it's, um, I could not agree more. I think we as podcasters have such a unique opportunity, not just to share our own expertise, our own opinions and platforms and stories, even though all of those are wonderful and important, but we have an audience and we can recommend things. We can just, you know, boost up other businesses that we love. And it's not something we have to ask permission for in the way that obviously when you're interviewing a guest, you have to reach out and say, hey, do you have the time? You got to do the logistics and guests are wonderful. But just to take a little bit of time to just acknowledge other people, businesses or things that you're loving, it's totally free to do. And I know that infrequently I've been just featured in some random roundups of podcasters. And I always tweet about it because I always get so excited just to see my name on a list. And it feels really good to be included. And it's such a nice like surprise and delight moment. So I think in any of these episodes, whether it's your bonus episodes or even anybody tuning in, like if you give a nice little shout out to anybody, it could never hurt to tell them about it because I think at the very least, it'll make their day. Yeah, I agree. I also want to talk about some other ideas for shorter episodes because I think this has so much potential. And I know a little bit about your podcast, and I know we've talked a little bit about fundraising before too, right? Or different organizations. Yes. So I think you could also use some of these shorter episodes maybe to spotlight. Maybe once a month you have like a featured foundation and Maybe there are times where it could be a full episode or even just mentioned in a longer episode, but it could also just be that the first bonus episode of a month is about a foundation that you love. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I really like that idea and it immediately kind of jumps me to rescue of the month or group of the month. And then in each episode, I could just quickly share. So this month, remember, we're helping out, you know, so-and-so. And if you're interested, check out their website and um, you can support them there. And it could be a cool way to just highlight 12 different organizations throughout the year and maybe get them a little bit extra, which would be great. I love that idea of having one per month because... I think marketers talk about this a lot, but if you imagine a commercial and how many times you maybe seem to see the same commercial over and over again, the reason why is because a lot of marketers know that it takes a human something like five to seven times hearing the same message to actually take action. And so if you introduce something in one episode, it may not necessarily stick. But if you've got your short bonus episode at the beginning of the month, here's the foundation. And then just infrequently throughout the other episodes or maybe in the CTA of the outro before you go for the other episodes all month long, as people hear about it more, I'm guessing it will lead to more action being taken because it's had enough time to sink in. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I really like that idea. I had one other thought about bonus episodes because I was just doing some some brainstorming as we were talking. But I imagine that as you continue to release episodes that a lot of members of your community probably have a lot of questions to share or knowledge to share. So you could consider taking listener questions for short episodes. I wonder too, if maybe even just via sharing on social media or sending you emails, maybe they have tips 
about small things that everyday people can do to improve the way that we trade our animals and our earth. And so you could do little shout outs here and there as yet another idea. Mm, yeah, that is a cool idea. You know, something that I'm starting, I'm just beta testing it in January is I have like a five day conscious lifestyle challenge that I'm going to release. And then that ends in the ability for people to join a free um, private group. And within that, I'm really hoping it can become a community that does a lot of what you're describing, where there can be continued two-way conversation of sharing ideas and thoughts. Because I really think when it comes to you know helping animals in the environment, I, I really think that it's a matter of like, creativity and unique ideas coming from every single person that joins in the conversation, you know, because we all come from such a different place with such different resources and just locations and ways to make a difference. So I've really been looking for a way to foster more of that conversation where we can all just inspire each other to do these simple things. And so I've been thinking about doing that private group. And I think there's probably a way to link in this idea of, you know, listener questions are just trying to get a little bit more conversation going on the podcast that could then feed into that challenge in that group. I love that idea where maybe in the group, you post something at the beginning of the month and encourage them to share their ideas. And then maybe after a couple of weeks, you take some of the top ones and that becomes a short bonus episode. But then in the episode at the end, you can say, if you're interested in participating in our upcoming challenge, you can join our community. We do this every month. Mm. And then it becomes kind of a circle of people getting to participate in the community, but then also getting visibility that you have the community and all the wonderful ideas that people are talking about inside of the community. Yeah, I love that. And it's really not a ton of extra work, which is exciting <laughs> to right. me. I too get excited about things that don't take a ton of work. <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot because I know I have so many podcasters in my community and that's why I started calls like this one and I'm trying to do more to spotlight the people who are tuning in because I think in an internet age and especially in 2020, a pandemic age, we're not necessarily interacting with people as much. But I think if there are more ways to show not just what the host is doing, but what the listeners are doing and thinking and all their suggestions, I think then it creates an interesting like community togetherness and reminds us that we are listening together. We're participating together and it's not just me alone tuning into one podcast alone. Yeah, I love that. And I love that this idea is kind of coming together because that's something that I myself have been looking for. You know, it's like, how can I find a community that feels real, even though it's virtual? And then how can I myself, you know, create one around helping animals and helping the environment that has those same things? So yeah, I agree. I really love, um, I really love this idea. Yay. And I mean, too, in a world of followers and people seeking huge numbers. I think there's something to be said for seeking a lower number of really high quality connections. Sometimes, yes, more followers can lead to more leads and more sales. And as a businesswoman, I definitely appreciate the volume and the size of the internet. But I think sometimes it does come down more to 
how many people can I actually talk to in a given week or how many people would I actually want to learn from and see their faces on a Zoom call if we don't live in the same place and making the internet feel like it's not maybe quite so huge. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think in the space of helping animals and helping the environment, it very quickly becomes extremely overwhelming and it feels like you really can't do anything as one human being. And even if you're a human being that's really active in trying to do things, it still often feels like, you know, what you're doing doesn't matter. So I really think the community aspect would be something that would really help people just feel um, feel more connected and feel more empowered to actually make a difference because you know you're doing it with other people and you're not just this kind of lone soul out there <laughs> trying to to make a difference. So I, I really do think that would help in that aspect too. And I think the whole ethos of your project about everybody doing small, very manageable things and the fact that all of those small things can add up and make a difference. I have a feeling that if you're able to activate small, real people who are actually doing these little things, I feel like your podcast and your impact on the earth will kind of grow hand in hand, where the more people feel connected to your podcast as a way for them to take small actions, I think it'll result in them recommending the podcast and your community to friends. And I could see these two things kind of growing side by side. And I'm just really excited to hear how your podcast and your community do both continue to grow. Yeah, thank you. I I feel the same way. I think um, you could kind of start to feel momentum. And when the momentum is there, it starts to feel really exciting. And it it starts to feel like we really can make an impact and make a difference. Mm -hmm. Well, as we start to wrap up, what is maybe the biggest takeaway that you've gotten from our conversation that you're excited to take back to your podcast? For me, it's this whole idea about integrating the small group with the shout outs and with the podcast, I think that's something that I had pictured going one direction, you know, kind of like the podcast feeding into the challenge and the small group, but I never really pictured it going full circle where the small group feeds back into the podcast and potential monthly challenges. So for me, I think that's probably the biggest one that I'm excited to just start drawing on my piece of paper here and, you know, making um, really come to life. But I, um, yeah, I really like the idea of it all becoming full circle and working together to do what we were describing earlier, which would be continue to grow all of it so that hopefully we're finding more people and more people are feeling like they can make a difference. So yeah, I think that's what I'm most excited about. Well, I'm certainly excited about it too. And if people want to tune in to your podcast and they want to find you, where should they go? Yeah, of course. I would love to, um, gosh, I would love to hear from anyone who's interested in um, tuning in. So the podcast is for animals, for earth. It's available on all different podcasting platforms. But if you want to just um, find it, you can go to foranimalsforearth.com slash podcast. And that has, you know, thumbnails for all of the episodes I've done so far. If anyone wants to click through and listen to something that speaks to them. A few months have passed since our recording and Brandy went right to work. She has since put out two of these strategies into a mini roundup episode, and I think you'll really love it. It's called Five Ways to Support Your Local Animal Shelter Without Spending a Penny, 
and you'll find it on the Four Animals for Earth website at fouranimalsforearth.com. The two strategies in this episode are one, supporting a local charity or a business that you're really fond of, and two, doing a mini roundup episode, something that supplements your standard weekly longer episode with bite-sized information, maybe that relates to the original episode, or maybe something that stands alone. I really enjoyed our conversation with Brandy, and I know you'll enjoy her podcast too. So a huge thank you from both of us. Thank you again for joining us this week. To find links to everything mentioned in today's episode, visit witandwire.com slash 29. As always, you can learn more about Wit and Wire's podcasting courses and production services on our website at witandwire.com. I'm also trying to up my Reels game on Instagram, so come hang out with me there over at Wit and Wire, and hopefully you'll pick up some tips and tricks from my latest attempt at being both entertaining and informative. I'm Melissa Goller, and you've been listening to Wit and Wire. I'll see you next time, podcasters.